Welcome to the European Social Network podcast series. Listen to the stories and the voices from frontline social services across Europe. How are social services managing the challenges brought by the COVID-19 pandemic? Or how are they supporting people to handle the cost of living crisis? How are social services attracting people into the profession or promoting innovation to ensure access to quality social services? These are just some snapshots of topics we are going to discuss in this podcast series. Welcome to the fourth episode of the European Social Network uh, podcast series. I am Alfonso Lara Montero, the CEO of ESN. For those of you who do not know who we are, ESN is a growing community of more than 170 organizations with responsibility for social services in 34 countries. We provide an international platform for exchange and we aim to empower professionals and those using social services. If you want to learn more about who we are and our work, feel free to check our website at esn-eu.org. The idea behind this podcast series is to bring stories of social services to the surface and to empower social services and the incredible people in this area and what they do to improve people's lives. Today, we are going to talk about a topic which is very high on the agenda, I would say not just in Europe, but worldwide, which is the social services workforce. How should social services manage and invest in the workforce that is currently facing increasing workloads and how at the same time we can ensure their well-being? These are some of the questions we would like to discuss with today's guest. Today, I have the pleasure to speak with Karin Schweinegger, who is Director of Human Resources at a, a consortium which provides housing and care for older people in Vienna, Austria. And Anna Radulescu, who is Director for the Social Assistance Training and Evaluation Center in Romania. Karin, welcome to join us. How are you doing today? Hello, good morning from Austria. I'm doing very fine. Thanks for the invitation. Anna, same to you. How is everything? How are you doing? Thank you for the invitation. Everything is going well. Well, great to have you both. Now let's get on to the first question. In Europe today, there is a current rise in demand for care and support. We all know that there is change in demographics, there is growing inequality, and the social consequences of unforeseen crises like the COVID-19 crisis and the invasion of Ukraine have been impacting social services uh, severely. Karin, I'd like to ask, start by asking you, in your role as Director of Human Resources, you are on the front lines of understanding and managing the problem that social services, uh, social services workforce is facing. What would you say are the main challenges faced by the professionals working in your organization? I think the past years <laughs> have changed quite a lot for all human beings worldwide. So what we feel is that the, the exhaustion and the reframing of personal values that has taken place is entering the workplace as well. Uh, the individual requirements of employees and colleagues have changed and the one-size-fits-all approach definitely doesn't work anymore for the companies. Uh, so. As an employer, you have to, to deal with this individualization that is taking place in the workplace, uh, which means that many, many bits and pieces of the culture work you have done the past years doesn't work anymore, doesn't fit anymore, take, considering the needs and requirements people now have. 
The other thing is the exhaustion I mentioned during especially the COVID period. We took a lot from our people. Everybody was taking care of each other. Everybody was spending really a lot of energy and there was this positive energy in helping each other. And now I think we have to do everything to support the health and care for each other on the workplace as well and to give back to these people who have really had a tough, tough period of time. Thank you, Karin. I was wondering, Anna, in your role, you are at the front line of understanding the challenges of the social services workforce in Romania. What would you say are the main concerns of uh, social services professionals there? As Karin said, it is about the exhaustion of uh, social workers and social service staff. But what I would like to, to mention is that in this challenging condition under a um, shortage of resources, it was expected and it was needed that the social services start to build, start to bring something new in their approach in order to respond to all the problems related to first the pandemic and then to, to the war. So it is hard to create a response to people in need with people who don't have time and space to think and build. When the war in Ukraine started, social services were tested to their limits. Again, the, the pressure was on the home care services and community services. I've seen that social services used some of the experiences to the, during pandemic to build their capacity during their response to the needs during the war. So I think pandemic gave us a chance to learn different approaches and to shift our understanding, but at the same time, uh, exhausted our resources. So I think this was the, the most uh, challenging time. I have now a specific question for you, Karin. The sector is struggling to fill vacancies. We can see this, and this is an issue across the whole of Europe. While there is a still high level of unemployment across countries, uh, of course, it, it differs, it varies from country to country, but still, unemployment is relatively high. And it is, there is a, an opportunity to fill vacancies in the care social services sector. How difficult is it for you to find the right type of skills and the right type of workforce? What do you do to make it more attractive for people to work with you? Uh, indeed, Alfonso, as you said, there is a lack of qualified personnel in general. During the last year, also many, many colleagues have uh, left the industry. So people have become more flexible on, on uh, choosing their employer. Austria has a very low unemployment, the lowest unemployment since years. So the labor market has changed. And that means that you have to, like I said before, it's, it's this one size doesn't fit all. So you have to take many, many actions to ensure that you are getting touch uh, and hold of every every indivi individual that is wants to work for you or is working for you. Uh, so what, for example, we have done, we have seen that leadership, uh, and I think we all experienced that leadership has become a bigger challenge than it was before, dealing with all this individuality. So what we have implemented as a very successful example was a program for dual leadership. So we are offering shared leadership concepts for leading positions. And so far, this has proven to be really, really successful to take out the pressure of people whom we want to successfully lead their teams and, and motivate their teams. So this is one example. There are many, many other little tiny things we have implemented quite a lot of points of contact for people having problems, whatever they may be. 
so that to help them uh, getting hold of, of, of issues, problems before they really uh, escalate. So we have to do and find quite a lot of, of attractive ways. <laughs> one, one other thing that's coming up my mind is just being a dog-friendly uh, employer sounds really weird, but that does help because so many people nowadays have, have uh, dogs joining their family and choose their employers uh, if they can bring along their bed or not. So you have to be creative. You have to be very, very flexible. Very interesting and uh, very creative examples coming from uh, Austria. I was wondering, moving on to Romania, Anna, what have you done to support the organizations you work with there to better help uh, the social services uh, workforce uh, in your experience? I think the vacancy topic and how we are recruiting, how we are bringing uh, new staff in social services is not only a matter of how do we approach uh, the recruitment, but also the culture of the organization and the social perception of the care work. And I would say that uh, the way the motivation of people is maintaining in social services is a way to promote social services. It is hard here because it is about the impact of our work on others. And it means that we talk about how the social workers and the staff of social service spend time with people to understand their challenges and their strategy to, to social problems. Here we tried different way to respond. And our minimum standards, uh, for example, in domestic violence has been just finalized and published. Uh, so I will give you an example on this field. In this minimum standards, we divided the work into two categories, administrative activities and professional activities. In this way, we can increase the time of professional to work with people and decrease the time in the administrative activities that can be done by other people who are not necessary uh, professionals. So in this way, we try to uh, give people more time to see the impact of their work and to get motivation of what they are doing. I think the topic is connected a lot with practice learning and celebrating achievement in the work. If we look, for example, to community services, mainly the services in the rural community, far away and difficult to reach them. Here, we try to create a new response by offering different possibilities to, to social workers or to staff of social services to travel there. And we give the government the solution to build houses in the communities where staff can be accommodated and have the possibility also to have condition in order that they stay in the communities and they are not in the situation to travel for tens of kilometers. Uh, so it is a combined mm. solution for each service, I would say. We were just discussing how uh, to bring more people uh, into the profession as um, social services are increasingly expected to respond to multiple challenges all at once. We have the aftermath of the COVID-19 crisis, um, which you've referred to the impact of the war uh, against Ukraine, uh, the cost of living crisis and an emerging mental health uh, crisis, just to name a few. Based on the examples you have mentioned just now and your personal experience of supporting and empowering people who work in social services, what would you say a future resilience uh, social services workforce um, that can cope with all these uh, 
challenges uh, look like. Maybe can I ask you, Karin, to tell us an example of a program or changes that you've made to move towards a more resilient um, social services workforce? We have implemented quite a big, a huge offer of, of uh, coaching and supervision to help people. We are planning on resilience uh, uh, trainings to give them the toolbox they need for, for managing their job. But also there is a lot of, of more pouring, but very important uh, bringing in rules for home office, etc., etc., uh, meaning to offer them the workplace and the surrounding and the legal the legal circumstances to allow them combining uh, job and private life by staying healthy within all that. I think all the bits and pieces we are doing at the moment are going in into the support of of our people, our colleagues who are they are the heart of our organization. So we have to keep that heart beating. Uh, for the elderly people in Vienna. And all we do is now to give them the feeling, hey, we are taking care of you and we appreciate you taking care of, of the elderly in Vienna. Uh, so, yeah, we are, we are going more into this, this health care uh, for our people, what we are doing for the people of Vienna, we are now doing for our colleagues as an employer. Anna, I will ask you the same question. Do you have an example of a change of programs or that you have helped um, at the social services workforce so that they can become more uh, resilient? Yes, but I would like first to mention that over the last months and years, we more and more use the word resilience and responsiveness. All social services invested resources to deal with this uncertain situation and complexity of challenges. I observe specific services such as outreach services or mobile teams. I was connected with them and I saw how they focus on learning and support well-being of the staff working in community. It is somehow interesting that the challenges we faced over the last years shifted our understanding of what means well-being. And we are more aware that prioritizing our well-being is not a selfish, but it is a vital if we are going to be able to support people in their way to make changes. Uh, what I've seen in some of these teams is that emotional resilience is not simply a quality of an individual, but dynamic of a team and culture of the organization. I was part of the internal meeting of uh, these teams where they used to reflect in their practice and drive a sense of meaning from the challenges they, they face during the day. I've seen these social workers that after this kind of culture of work, they are more resilient, able to build creative solutions and somehow more equipped to set boundaries between work and private life. And this reflection, it is something that I think we learn to use more during these months. You've explained how resilience and responsiveness have become increasingly used as keywords for social services over the past uh, year. If you had to summarize in a couple of sentences, if you met uh, a European or a national policymaker and you would ask them what they could do to help the social services workforce, what would you say uh, to them? Let's start with you, uh, Karin. Well, uh, I, would, I would ask for support in promoting uh, the social work services, yeah, which are the backbone of, of any society. What we have seen during the last month is also like uh, kind of uh, bashing the industry. 
the industry is absolutely wonderful. So we just also need support from these uh, plenums to promote the wonderfulness we have in these shops and the importance of uh, we have in these shops. Yeah, that for me really are the backbone of our society. Anna, what would your main message be? I think over the last years we've seen that social services have an important role in the development of each society. And these social services are based on the quality, skills, mindset, the staff of social services. So investing in the staff of social services, it's investing in societies. I think this investment should look to the working conditions and to the time we give to the social workers to spend with people in order to find a solution to their complex problems. We are now at the end of the ESM podcast episodes. I'd like to thank Anna and Karin for joining us uh, for this very important conversation on the social services workforce and for sharing your insights and your experience from Romania and from Austria in ways in which the social services sector can be made more attractive to bring qualified workforce and to support the development of those who are in the profession. For our audience, thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about the work of ESN on the area of the social services workforce, please follow the link in the podcast description. And of course, stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you.